Welcome to Rising Tide Startups, where today's most exciting startup founders share their stories and strategies. They also deliver tangible lessons learned along the way that you can apply to your own startup. Each episode is a true masterclass. Make sure you take notes. Take it away, Kevin. This is Kevin Pro with another episode of Rising Tide Startups. And my guest today is Antonio Nieves. Antonio, thanks for joining us on Rising Tide. Hey, I appreciate the introduction, Kevin. I'm happy to be here. And uh, we had a great little uh, intro back and forth. But uh, like I said, I really appreciate you being a resource in this space for other entrepreneurs. So I'm such a, a, a pleased person to be here on your podcast today. Well, man, I appreciate that. And and uh, yes, we did have a, have a great little pre-chat here before we hit the record button. But man, if you and I were meeting at a like a networking event, how would you introduce yourself to me? Oh, that's a, that's a good question. Um, you know, I, yeah, that's a great question. So if I was at a networking event, um, I haven't been to those in, in quite a long time. You know, I've been so in the trenches of building this, this brand out, but if I was to introduce myself today, it's a lot different than when I, before I started the business. So that's yep. kind of hard for me to think about. Um, you know, I would say that I'm a owner of a kid's entertainment brand that, you know, that is looking to grow. That's a quick way to introduce myself. So a kids entertainment brand, you're going to tell us a little bit more because now you left us. Exactly. In so yeah, exactly. Why, why, why not follow up? What is that brand? <laughs> that's exactly what I'm hoping for. So, um, you know, we have developed a brand that is unique for kids in the inflatable space. That's the quick way to say it. And the exciting way to say it is I am the designer, manufacturer and operator of the world's large, uh, the world's biggest bounce park. Um, we have operated uh, four of those parks in um, Arizona and California. And we've seen a lot of success and strong feedback from families and young children that really need this in their life because it's in the sun, it's a unique experience. And what we've done is we've taken the architecture of inflatables, which has kind of been the same for like, you know, 30, 40 years. And we've elevated to a space that really is a wow factor for both parents and kids. So it's a lot of fun. So I, it's interesting that you, you kind of took the idea of I've got a birthday party and I've got a bounce house, you know, or whatever that I've inflated in my side yard to, you know, kind of put it on steroids and, and you <laughs> said, Hey, let's make, let's make an entire park, you know, made out of these things. So I had this idea been done before. Uh, you know, not in this capacity, I have seen inflatable events that have been successful in the past. I have studied other children's base events. Uh, I learned a lot about what I thought that they were doing incorrectly and how I thought that mm -hmm. I could bring my previous experience as a selfie museum operator, which is what I did before I pivoted uh, during COVID. We ran really, really uh, large and unique selfie museums that had 46 unique, 40, 40 roughly unique exhibits where you know young kids and millennials can take photos share those online. And we were kind of a partner with a mall as a marketing arm to bring fun people into the mall. And so I, I launched as that in 2018. Um, now, what I learned there with the selfie museum business, I really brought to this inflatable business. Yeah. We wanted to be wildly creative. We wanted to do stuff people have never seen before, but we really wanted to stand by the parent and children experience in the entertainment space and offer that as something unique to malls. Because we think, you know, this idea of, walking into a retail space uh, over and over and over in a mall space really doesn't create a good experience for the consumers. Um, and so the malls really agree with that. And they've given us a lot of uh, trust and respect in building out some big spaces that are roughly, you know, 20,000 square feet indoors. 
but also they've given us, you know, 40,000 square foot lots on parking lots um, in major tier one malls through, throughout Southern California to activate them during COVID and right after COVID as kind of like a community engagement for children and, and young families. It was this, uh, I mean, give me the, give me the exact, like the time frame of your initial launch, like when you launched the first park. Yeah. How I mean, does it, that relate to COVID? Yeah, there's, there's uh, so much has happened since then. I got to be honest with you. Um, we were operating these selfie museums in uh, large malls, you know, roughly a million square foot plus properties that, you know, had tenants like Cheesecake Factory and Dave and Buster's. So mm -hmm. pretty, pretty good spaces. During COVID, our space was indoors and in California. And so our mall was 100% shut down for yep. roughly four and a half months. My revenue went from making a couple, you know, million to zero. Mm -hmm. And uh, me being a, an entrepreneur, my partner, who uh, is a big collaborator of mine and a big part of our success, we decided, well, if we can't work indoors, let's do something outdoors. And um, we decided that we wanted to have another option for malls to present to them um, because the indoor spaces really are, they're heavy construction. Um, a lot of stuff can go wrong. It takes a year and a half to get open, even if you get the permits pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. uh, and for us, we thought we could operate an outdoor space with the mall real effectively and bring in 50,000 people into the mall to try and hope that they would go into the mall after the event and, you know, spend a little money during commerce. Yeah. Yeah. Now that, that, that is interesting because uh, you you kind of saw the obstacle and thought you know hey so how do we how do we go around this how do we how do we work I mean when you go from you know seven figures to zero figures it, it, that's a pretty abrupt you know like slap in the face you're going wait a minute I've got people to pay I've got bills I've got you know I got mortgage whatever this is out there you're thinking you know we, we have to do something and it's not like what are we going to do in eighteen months it's like what are we going to do in eighteen days you know? was it scary listen it it was. I was inside of this 1 million square foot mall by myself, working in a Chick-fil-A, in front of a Chick-fil-A using their free Wi-Fi, <laughs> and not a single soul in the entire mall. And so for me, my entire world shattered. I really thrived on, you know, engaging with the traffic of the mall mm -hmm. and uh, partnering with a mall that has a strong, strong reputation in the community. And so for me, I was extremely scared. Uh, luckily, we have a... Uh, a strong desire to really deliver unique stuff. And my partner and I, instead of giving up and waiting for the process to end, we uh, went ahead and developed two different concepts. One that we're still operating in the indoor space in. Uh, we have that store for you know 10 years, at the least 20 years with our option. Uh, but the outdoor park is unique because it's kind of like a circus. It moves every yep. three months from mall to mall. And uh, we've seen a lot of success with people posting not only us, but tagging the mall as well. And so for the mall, it's like an injection into their social media and their buzz profile online, because all of a sudden you've got all sorts of moms, community leaders, and influencers posting about this space that, you know, would never tag a mall previously if they had not gone to an event like this. And is there, is there collaboration between the stores and, and your brand? Like, you know, if a mom brings a kid, you know, or kids to, to go to Funbox, you know, the, the Dave and Buster says, hey, you get a 25% off coupon, you know, or something like that. So there's there's this kind of cross-pollinization type thing. I, I, I wish that, uh, you know, Dave and Buster's was willing to uh, do some cross-promotion like that. Uh, unfortunately, we haven't seen a, a strong feedback from some of those brands in participating with this. Mm. What we have seen is participating 
with the individuals in the mall. So not yeah. not Dave and Buster's, but right, the not, Dave and Buster's. not corporate, but yeah, the individual operating managers operate. That yeah. and that makes sense because it is it is a pretty localized, you know, event for that particular mall. But it's it's interesting because you answered a question that I was just about ready to ask you about. I mean, are these are these static or are these kind of dynamic locations? And and you said, hey, every three months or so, we're we're picking up stakes. It's kind of like the circus is moving from town to town here. You know, yeah. the old kind of carnival, you know, atmosphere that says we're just going to go from county seat town to county seat town and and have the fair there. But uh, is there a is there a disadvantage to that? With uh, yeah, yeah. You know, as far as like, you know, moms would love to bring their kids there once every two weeks or something like that, and then, then it's gone. Listen, I can tell you, uh, and it's a good problem that we have. Um, in Woodland Hills specifically, which is the first place we launched the world's largest bounce park, after we left, roughly five and a half months after, if I look into the analytics from our Google um, business profile, we had about 48,000 uh, people searching up that specific location every month. And so, you know, would this work as an all year round business? It, I think it would. Um, but that depends on the market. California is pretty unique. We have great weather all year round. Yeah. And yeah. so, um, you know, like I said to you in our little introduction, weather is not my friend. Mm -hmm. um, it really is not. Now, in California, I've been pretty lucky that 80 to 90% of my uh, events where we're actually operating outdoors have been pretty decent weather. Um, you know, I've had my fair share of bad windy days and rain dropping on us before an event. Um, it's a lot of hard work, but we roughly have to shut down one or two events in the morning. My team works really hard to get the water out and make sure that the event is safe for the rest of the day. Mm. If we do have a rain delay or a weather event, uh, we have a unique policy. I'm a father, you're a father. And so you and I kind of connected on that earlier. One thing that I know is stressful when you're taking your kids to events is if you ruin the day, you're the bad guy. And so what we do is we actually allow parents to come back, use their tickets again. If they show up late, we give them a grace period of getting into the next session and uh, it has been very relieving to answer a phone call from a parent who's in the car. You hear their toddler in the back screaming at them yep. because they're five minutes late. And you say, don't worry, ma'am, we're going to take care of you. And she goes, oh. you just feel that weight just drop off of her. And so uh, it, it's been strong that since I've had a kid, I can relate to that now. So I'm pretty thankful that I've become a father since I've launched this business. It certainly uh, it makes you a little more empathetic, you know, as uh, for, for other parents, for sure. But you can hear it in the voice. Once you have a kid, you, you hear it in the parent's voice. <laughs> no doubt. No, no doubt about it. It's, uh, I mean, I, I looked online and kind of watched some videos and even you've gotten, gotten some really good, like local television, you know, coverage as well for, for the, you know, for your concept and events. But have you thought about um, like branding it? You know, is there a Disney theme? Is there a Star Wars theme? Is there something like that versus just kind of more the generic um, you know, bounce cat, or I guess inflatable uh, uh, type thing. So, so that's a good question, Kevin. So we have actually developed our own unique universe of characters. What has made my bounce park unique compared to other inflatable parks is I have developed, you know, a world of roughly 40, 46 characters wow. that are placed within the bounce park that are interactive, engaging, and are part of the obstacle experience, some of the challenge experiences for the kids. And you'd be amazed at the difference 
adding characters into an inflatable does for the children. Mm -hmm. It takes it from just being a bounce house to being this fantastical wonderland. You and I just see a piece of plastic with some printed eyeballs on it. But for the kids, they're running up to it, they're kissing it, they're high-fiving it. I see kids tie some of our uh, inflatable bears around their uh, back like a cape. And there's five or six other kids chasing them right behind like they're playing hide and seek or tag. And so it really brings a lot to the experience for the kids. Um, when we do these uniquely branded uh, stuff on our own. We do have an interest in doing some stuff for, for instance, like if the Los Angeles Rams wanted to activate the community here, mm -hmm. we would be interested in doing something with them on a major level, but I don't think that would interrupt um, what we're trying to do here. Right. And uh, if, you know, you grow this enough, I mean, it has, you know, it can spin off all kinds of things, whether it's merchandising or, or, you know, your own TV show or whatever that that particular thing is, video podcast, whatever you would right. decide to do. But um, it's, I mean, the it when I was looking at the one news report and it kind of it was a kind of a panoramic, you know, across the the front end of this of this experience. Oh yeah, it's a great piece, the NBCLA piece. That, that's exactly the one I was, I was referring to. But it was interesting how how complex the structure was, you know, yeah. and just how. I mean, I'm thinking, you know, you can just picture, you know, dozens of kids running in different directions. And, you know, I'm thinking there's so much to do in such a, such a, you know, kind of a compact area. I mean, relatively compact. I mean, it's right. like what the size of a half a football field or whatever it is, but it's, yeah. Yeah. you know, it's, but it's, it just seemed like it was, it had a, a lot of diversity and, and a lot of different activities, you know, built in. Yeah. That, that's what we were hoping for. So I'm glad that, I'm glad that you, you got that feeling. Um, with the inflatable park, we really wanted to appear to all ages. We wanted to appear to a parent who is looking to just get some cute content of their kids because they love showing them off. We wanted to appear to a three-year-old who's been stuck in the house because of COVID. Um, but also it was really important to do something that wowed the teenagers, right? Because if we didn't win them over, parents had a hard time convincing the kids to come to the space. And so um, with our characters and with some of our games, we have, you know, Tooking the, took the design, flipped it on its head and made it attractive to pretty much all ages. Mm -hmm. Our entrance, and I'm not sure if you saw in the NBCLA piece, our entrance is like a, a 20 foot tall frog mouth, right? And you enter in through this frog mouth and that kind of sets the tone for the yeah. whole experience. Yeah. It's wacky, it's colorful, it's creative. Um, and people who are like myself, which are kids at heart, no matter how old I become, they see the space and they're like, wow, this is a lot of fun. And they go in with their kids. They disconnect from, them, from their screens. And uh, I've taken my kid uh, to other family entertainment centers. And oftentimes, you know, there's a big sofa in the front. And that's where all the parents are hanging out on TikTok and Instagram and, you know, exactly. maybe in their emails. At my space, you know, roughly half of the parents are actually going in there, playing with the kids in the bounce house, trying to do the obstacle course, trying to do the top of the ninja wall. And um, it's really cool to see that type of parent engagement, especially in a time that we're in today where, you know, I have a two and a half year old. I have a hard time of trying to keep her off screens, whether it's a tablet, a phone, a TV, yeah. I mean, anything. And so I'm happy to spend any time with my kid outside the house, in the sun, jumping around, being physical. And uh, a lot of my franchisees actually have some of the same values as I do on some of those things. Most of them are parents. Most of them agree that, you know, this millennial age is kind of 
hurting the parent-child relationship. And we all want to do something unique for our community and activate it with this kind of event where we can bring in, you know, friends and family, neighbors, right. teachers, different schools, church organizations, and give them a place to come together and, uh, you know, just enjoy being a parent and have, a, have some ice cream while you're at the bounce house too. So uh, merchandising, you're right, is a big part of our future. And finding unique uh, areas of revenue for my franchisees has been a big part of my focus over these last couple of weeks, you know, whether it be through sponsorships, merchandising, new concessions through branded experiences. So instead of just selling snow cones, I could build a inflatable tent of a bear with a beanie with four long arms where the snow cone dispenser comes out of the arm. I mean, the uh, level of ingenuity that I can do with inflatables is really limitless and it just comes down to how hard are we willing to work to make it unique for kids, mm. right? If we just give up on it because we think, oh, it, it, we should just buy a tent instead of designing a beanie dog dispenser for the snow cones, you'd be amazed at what the conversion rate of design can do in terms of family entertainment centers. My indoor space went up roughly 40% uh, this year in revenue just because I did a complete remodel. I invested hundred grand back into the space. We built out some unique birthday rooms, which have now become 30% of my business since the remodel. Previously, mm. it was only 10%. So it was yeah. a big part of uh, my revenue increase over there. And it's just capturing people that are walking by in the mall through great design. They see the space, they walk by, and the kid goes, mom, I wanna go there. And uh, that's a big part of, of my marketing is just amazing delivery and design that when people walk by, they can't deny just trying to check it out at least once. Now, customer service keeps them coming back, but that design is really what turns their head. I, and I, I like the idea too of kind of this quick hit thing that says, you know, you're buying an hour at a time or you're buying, you know, a certain time segment versus, you know, like going to Disney. We're there all day, kids. You oh. know, I mean, it, that would be, that'd be really hard. And, and even, more difficult to churn. I mean, you know, you want to, you want to, I guess, know how many people you have in the structure at any given time. And uh, is it, is it partitioned? Like, is this, this is the teenager section. This is the under five section. This is the, you know, kind of middle school section or is, or is everybody everywhere? Everyone is everywhere. Um, we have tried to keep them separated, but I got to be honest with you. Even the three-year-olds want to do the things that the 13-year-olds are Of course doing. they do. <laughs> You know, when you're at the world's biggest bounce park, you have to go and discover the whole place. Yep. And we have tried to build these toddler parks on the side for the three-year-olds that are still really amazing on their own. They're 20 mm -hmm. by 20. They have some unique attractions inside of them. I mean, those places are ghost towns. Um, even my two-year-old, I, I had a hard time trying to keep her in there when I was out of breath, just hoping that she would stay in this space so I can breathe for a second. Um, and so uh, for, for us, it's, it's really cute to see. You see a 65-year-old in an obstacle course with their grandson. And, uh, you know, it, it creates some memories that you think might last with a parent or a grandparent for a long time or even a kid. And, uh, you know, that thought kind of makes me pretty happy. And are there people in that are staffers that are in the structures as well to make sure oh, that course. like teenagers aren't flying through there, knocking five-year-olds down type thing? Yeah. Yeah, of course. We, we have, uh, we kind of work like a, if you've ever been to your local YMCA, mm -hmm. we have lifeguard stations. We rotate yep. those stations out um, and we make sure that not only are we delivering great design and fun and wacky experience, but a really safe environment for handling three to 400 people at a time. Um, yep. And uh, wow. when parents first walk in, you can see that they're a little bit 
stressed uh, about where their kid has gone because their kid just darts off into a 25,000 square foot colorful wonderland. And after about 15, 20 minutes into the inflatable, you know, we're a one way in, one way out inflatable. And so we control uh, other than emergencies, we have uh, unique engineering for, for exiting people in emergencies. But other than emergencies, we have a one way, one way in, one way out. Once the parents realize that, uh, they're, they're relieved to know that their kid can have a good time, they can have a good time, and they don't have to worry about, you know, little Johnny slipping out the back and, yeah. and you know, disappearing. Yeah, that, that is, uh, I mean, you, it seems like you've thought of so many things and probably, you know, some of those things were born out of necessity, you know, <laughs> out of issues that you, you ran into or whatever you had to adjust for them. But if you, if you come up with a new design, like in your mind, you're just sitting there on a weekend and you're, you've got a, you know, cocktail napkin there, and you start sketching something out. Do you have places that can just put that into, into action? Just say, I want an inflatable, like you were talking about, I want an inflatable that the arm delivers a snow cone. Yeah. You know, are there companies that say, Hey, no problem. You know, we'll, we'll design it and we'll have it done in two weeks and we'll have the design, at least this, the sketch and the artwork. So, so that part we actually do completely in-house. Um, wow. and that's, that's a strong part of the, the, you know, the secret sauce here that we deliver. Mm -hmm. Uh, we have a really unique creative team here. Not only that, but I have a strong infrastructure behind us to back it up. My manufacturing arm is roughly a 303 million square foot manufacturing facility and their design team alone, you know, is upwards of 50 people on their design team. Uh, we have a really strong relationship with them. And uh, I'm proud to say that if I was to sell our, our current mega park, which is the world's largest bounce park, they can build three of those a month and deliver them uh, at a high quality construction level. And so for us, it's, it's important for me as I begin to scale to have that in my back, my back pocket, because um, as you know, there's 50 states and I can't cover all 50 with two parks, right? Yep. And, uh, you know, I need to be able to scale the world's largest bounce park in an efficient manner. And so we're really proud to say that we can build three of these parks, deliver three of them a month, if need be. Uh, hopefully I don't grow that fast because, you know, I am enjoying the process of mm -hmm. uh, really just figuring out all parts of the business. I have worked the cashier level all the way up to, you know, figuring out what's a safe way to run a specific game and hanging out there for three hours with the kids. And uh, for me, it's, it's like almost, I feel like Walt Disney, you know, it's a lot of engineering, science, math, operational stuff, dealing with regulatory uh, officials, yep. unique uh, manufacturing processes that are not available to other inflatable people. For me, it's, I feel I feel very excited because you know we have an opportunity to not only scale this park but also bring innovation to the space that really hasn't been done in quite a long time. I I can only imagine that that like manufacturing I'm, I'm guessing would would be in China. I'm guessing that that would that, be the, the location that that you would have these because I mean especially at this scale, you know a scale. That's and, the, that's the only speed. way that the the only way that I think you could get it done at least at that level. And I'm proud to say, you know, I've spent months in China. I've met with over a hundred factories myself before COVID. When I did my selfie museum, that was a million dollar museum. And every square inch of that place was manufactured in China. And uh, you could imagine what that could have cost in the States if I had done it in the United States. And yeah. so for us, yeah. we're really proud to say that we're not afraid to hop on a plane for 16 hours, go meet with a factory, spec out the specific yarn type, put them through a strong auditing process, 
and you know, really vet out these factories to find out who is a strong arm for us moving forward. Now, the factory we've worked with, uh, we're working with currently, we've worked with since the beginning. And you'd be amazed at how hard it is to try to teach a Chinese manufacturer how to build something at a high quality level or even above what currently exists in the standards. And uh, I'm very thankful that my partner is willing to play ball and has elevated our construction processes since we began working with them. And they are extremely interested in uh, not only they're, they're one of the biggest manufacturers in the world of this stuff. Mm -hmm. And they're extremely interested in the ideas that we bring to the table and how we can help them also elevate the work that they do. And yeah. so um, it's important for us also to keep that relationship strong moving forward because, uh, you know, I, I do need their factory to be able to produce the, this, this level of, of efficiency with these parks. Right. But I mean, you're not, you're not talking about, you know, building a birthday bounce house. I mean, you're talking about building a, a, a monstrosity, you know, that, uh, and, and at scale, you know, you're yes. saying, Hey, this, you're, we're only building two right now, but we're, you know, we have plans on the whiteboard, you know, in the secret office back there that has, you know, one of these and, you know, our multitudes, I mean, you were talking about, you know, going to additional states, but I'm thinking just California alone, you know, I mean, there are, how many could you, could that state by themselves, you know, San Diego, Los Angeles, San Francisco, yeah, you know, we, different we've, cities. we've identified quite a few markets out here. Yeah. And um, we're going, going to be opening two or three before the end of this year in Southern California. Um, one is a, a site that we visited before. One will potentially be a new site. And the other is actually the mall that I have a store inside of. Mm -hmm. And um, that for us will be a unique attempt because we will have an activation in the parking lot and inside the space. And so for me, I'm pretty excited to figure out, well, can we turn this uh, community outdoor event into a marketing arm for my indoor space, which is really going to be there for 10 years, be a part of the community. Uh, and we're hoping that the big park can open the doors for some strong talks with leaders in the community to make sure that, you know, we're funneling the business back indoors after we leave during the three month campaign. So you do the three months and at, at different malls and you kind of move to another location. Is there, is there like, every year you come back to like every quarter you're moving to a different location then in January I'm back at the same mall till till you know March or April is that is that the plan or are these always new locations um that's a good question so I think it depends on who the owner operator is um and it depends also by how well it performed the previous year so for instance Wood, uh, Woodland Hills or Topanga was a very strong performer for me. As a matter of fact, it was one of the best in my portfolio during the, the last four activations. And so it makes a lot of sense for me to go back there. Also, uh, another uh, identifier might be for an owner operators where they have their summer home at. We might have a franchisee who's interested in operating something in Reno during uh, you know, the winter months or the, the good months there. And right. then also operating something in San Francisco. Right. And doing that twice a year, having six months off and, you know, making, you know, upwards of six figure profits. And so for us, it kind of depends on who we're talking to. Uh, most of my franchisees want to operate in the community that they're in initially. Mm -hmm. And once they see that the system works really well for them, they're hoping to branch out into other places. And so it kind of depends on who, who's putting the show on. Yeah. Is, is there an idea that you're going to have like a mini version of this maybe someday on for smaller markets? Um, you know, we actually are working on a more condensed version act uh, for, for smaller markets. 
our world's largest bounce park doesn't fit in most American mall parking lots because of cement islands, mm. light poles, uh, different fixtures that they've put in there for decoration and uh, finding and identifying properties in Southern California that had a blank 25,000 square foot spot for this was, was part of the challenge as well. Yeah. Uh, when we designed the space, we didn't think about where we were putting it initially. We just decided let's go bigger than everybody else. Uh, we're lucky that we were able to fit that park where we were, but moving forward, we have uh, changed the form and the shape of the inflatable a little bit. So it's not just a rectangle and it allows us to fit in a higher percentage of, of mall parking lots. I mean, I can also see, and maybe this is my my uh, Jiminy Cricket, Walt Disney mind going here, but I could see almost like a Lego design where you have different components that, that can be put together to fit around obstacles, you know, and so the, the outline is not maybe a perfect rectangle, maybe it's a, you know, it's, you can say, okay, this is a 40 by 40 space, we can put this particular thing in, this 20 by 40, then this is you know, that type of type of uh, design, you know, moving forward, you could put them anywhere. Kevin, great minds think alike. So um, that that well, is I, what I didn't come up with. I'm sure you, you've that, been that, talking we, about it for months. <laughs> yeah. So that is one of the things that we, we do offer franchisees. We have um, some additional add on options that are 40 by 40, uh, a, a 50 foot obstacle course, other unique things like we call the giant mountain. It's a uh, three tier level game that has ladders on one side, rock climbing walls on another side, slides on another side, and uh, has like these moon bounce, we call them moon bounce uh, uh, shapes where basically you can bounce up, up the triangle. And so, you know, that's a unique add-on that we could offer for franchisees. So having a modular park is also really important for us moving forward because that, that big giant rectangle was an obstacle for us in scaling. Right. I, you know, if I can't fit in, you know, most American top, 25 DMCAs, it wasn't going to work as a franchise. Yeah. And so uh, you're right, that Lego model uh, is kind of our future moving forward. And we hope that it can also, with the unique shape, it can also add a sense of discovery because, you know, there might be these breakaways and unique mazes and, right. you know, you push yourself through a uh, 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 some type of blocked entrance and all of a sudden you're in a different world. And so for us, you know, the creativity, we dial it all the way up we think about Picasso and a lot of the work that he's done. How can we have a childlike manner in a lot of the stuff that we design? Uh, a lot of the things that I thought were going to be a big hit simply aren't. And the kids will tell you what's a big hit once you open the inflatable part. Yeah. And uh, we found out pretty quickly, hold up, there's 300 kids on this side and 20 kids on this side. What, what are we doing wrong over on this side? Um, and so it's been, it's been a great audience to serve because you're not confused about what your customer wants. It's very clear what they want. Where are they playing? Where are they enjoying themselves? What are they avoiding? And, uh, you know, for me, it's really a, a, a strong place to be because I love working with kids. It is, they, I, I love the way that you, you kind of describe that. Like, you know, they are the pure audience. You know, they are the, they're the pure focus group. You know, there's, they don't bring bias to the table. They, they, we know what we like. We know what we don't like. And we're going to tell you by our actions. Yeah. You know, yeah. for sure. So, so dream out a little bit what is this going to look like in in three to five years and you're you know what in the magic dream world that you you're sitting there now he gets a big grin on his face <laughs> um you know hopefully in three to five years i think i have a unique uh, opportunity because 
most businesses in the children's entertainment space kind of start online and then they morph into the physical space. And I think it's really hard to try and teach a software engineer how to put together an event. Where I think in three to five years we're going to be is trying to figure out how can we take these community activations in the physical space, but reinforce it back at home when the kids get at home. Mm. I know my customer is roughly, my core customer is roughly three to 12 years old. And so I should begin starting to do YouTube channels that are geared toward that audience. So that way my brand can be continually inside of the kid's face. So if I do leave a market for six months, when I come back, you know, the kid has a familiarity with Bob the Bill, the Bob the Bear, or, you know, Carol the Carrot, or whatever my unique character might be. And so really personifying what's in the park, in the digital space, uh, to try and hit customers while they're at home, educate some kids with mm -hmm. some, some media, because uh, I am, you know, as I'm watching my two and a half year old grow, I can see that there's a need for that in, in the kids entertainment space. It's all about entertaining them with, um, you, uh, serotonin, right? High hits of serotonin. Every single kid's family entertainment center is bright lights, big loud noises, lots of color. And so I'm hoping that we can take our creativity into the digital space and reinforce uh, you know, our passion for kids once they get home. So in three to five years, I'm hoping we're gonna have a fully fledged you know, physical entertainment business inside American malls, but also a really unique studio side where we can produce content for kids uh, and reinforce the fun that they had at our space. And that is, that is exactly what we talked about that a little bit earlier, kind of like the edutainment, you know, the education, yeah. entertainment, you know, montage, but, uh, and I, I just applaud what you've got, what you built and, you know, at a relatively young age and it is uh, it's exciting to see, you know, just what you built so far in a really short period of time. And then, you know, circle back. We'll have an encore episode in a couple of years, and and uh, just let you I say, yeah, I, I did that. Now I've got my, uh, you know, my taking my private jet to my island, you know, where we got <laughs> the island, you know, inflatable. It's actually hey, a listen, floating inflatable you know, park, you know. <laughs> hey, Kevin, listen. One thing, uh, you know, you and I didn't talk about is like I grew up a foster kid, oldest of ten siblings, so hopefully I won't be saying I'm on a jet. Hopefully I'll be saying I've started the foundation mm. and I'm helping kids, you know, find the little entrepreneur in them that are, you know, foster kids and maybe growing up without a father or without a mother. And so hopefully, you know, I'm not on a jet because that'll mean I, so I sold out. Um, you know, I have a big passion for advocating for foster youth that are over the age of 15, 16 years old. Mm -hmm. I don't like advocating for the babies. All the attention and money goes there. I love going for the teenagers because they need the most help. And I think, um, you know, they're getting ready to go to college, yep. find a job, start their life and deal with relationships. And they don't have a parent to back them up and help guide them in, in certain areas. And so uh, for me, hopefully I'll take what I learned from this business and I'll, you know, use that as a platform to advocate for, for that age group and maybe start something unique for them. Because I think that that's an age group in America that's not really served well. And, you know, they're part of the most important group. They're getting ready to enter our workforce within the next three to five years. And they don't have a lot of resources available to them. Um, so hopefully that's what I'll be doing. Absolutely. After that, the, the private jet was a little tongue in cheek. <laughs> I, I think our hearts definitely resonate. I, with I, 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 might, I might go once or twice just to enjoy. <laughs> right. just to enjoy. <laughs> my fly first class just to see what it feels like. If right. I do, Kevin, here's my, here's my vow. You're coming with me, okay? Because you made it happen. You called it, you manifested it. And so if that ever happens, me and you are going to give a nice little chink in the air. <laughs> 
Well, you let me know. I'll uh, I'll bring my uh, Snoopy sleeping bag, and we'll bring our bring our little uh, our our suitcase, and we'll get on that plane. So, awesome. man, you've learned. Obviously, had faced some lessons and and obstacles in a you know, like I said, a relatively short period of time. But if if you would just talk directly to you know young founders that are you know, they're, they may still be sitting in the cubicle. They may be thinking about, I've got a great idea. They may have just tried to launch something. Uh, what are just one or two just really quick lessons that, you know, are pretty industry generic that's, you know, you would say, man, I wish I knew this when I started, you know, these two one-liners that are saying this would have made all the difference today that I, it was really a hard education, you know, for me to learn. So what are one or two things that really stand out? Yeah. Um... For sure, the resources available online that you, you think online are online, um, there's much more available than you think are, are ever online. And so uh, education shouldn't stop at going to school. Uh, I'm, I, I'm really thankful that, you know, when I was younger, I had an interest in technology, but it wasn't until recently that I learned how many resources are available to me as an entrepreneur as I'm scaling this online. Wow. What else is, has come to mind, even like managing people or the, I mean, you've probably gone from you and maybe you and your, your business partner or whatever to like, man, we got a staff now. We got to do something different. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, people is probably the hardest part of the business. I got to be honest with you. Um, but I, I have learned that technology uh, has helped me manage parts of the business that I see major brands or Fortune 500 brands failing at doing. Um, I'm very proud to say that, you know, I pay all my employees weekly, which I mean, we're in the millennial, we're in the modern age. Uh, I don't understand why more, more companies aren't paying their employees weekly. It's very easy to do in this modern age to run yeah. payroll three clicks of a button if yeah. you know what you're doing. Um, and so that has been a strong identifier with my employees. I was in that age group. I was a teenager, a college kid not too long ago. And so I remember some of the things that made me feel bad as an employee that managers did to me. And so I'm happy to say that, you know, I have strong systems and processes in place to let employees know that we care about them. Um, you know, we make sure that if there is ever an issue, all of my employees have a direct access to reach me. Unlike some of these, you know, I've read a book from the founder of Pandora, uh, Jasper, Jasper Smart. And, uh, you know, uh, one, one thing that I made sure to do and follow in his footsteps is, you know, make sure that you're available to some of your employees, especially at the lowest levels. You never yeah. know what's going on when you're not around. That is, that's great advice. And I mean, there's obviously constraints, you know, but I think that the whole idea to, to actually have their ear at all levels is, uh, is a great lesson to know, but man, I, what a, what a great time to uh, chat today. I appreciate you uh, kind of unpacking your story and, and you. uh, just walking us through and, you know, kind of casting imagination, you know, not just vision, but true imagination, you know, in the, in, you know, retelling the story through, through this interview. And um, it is just exciting to see. And I really appreciate you taking the time today and just really playing your part and helping all boats rise in a rising tide. Antonio, have a great weekend. Thank you. You too, Kevin. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Another episode in the books. We hope you heard some great takeaways. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a five-star review on iTunes and YouTube. As always, thanks for listening to Rising Tide.